Hello, everybody. We are doing a Q&A chill Friday hangout. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't take an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf. Tutorials, critiques, professional development, and workshops. Tell me in the chat, what have you been up to this week in your studio practice? Not necessarily just making artwork, but anything you've been doing. Maybe you went to the art supply store and bought stuff that you needed, correct? <laughs> There's always a way to justify going to the art store. It's helping you grow. You're developing as an artist. Anytime you get new art supplies. You know what, Neil? I just did the exact same thing. <laughs> I took a great nap because I've been overdoing it a little bit lately and going to bed far too late and it totally caught up with me today. So I took a solid two hour nap and it was pure bliss. And then I went to the gym and now I'm here. <laughs> that self-care stuff is so important. Neil says, I made some reels, ship my paintings to a gallery. Oh, fantastic. I saw that in the Discord. I mean, that is so exciting. And I love it when all of you hang out with us here and then you come into the Discord and you tell us about shows you didn't get into, ones that you did, because I'm rooting for you guys. I really want you to succeed. And actually, there is a discussion in the discord this week a lot of people feeling very frustrated that their family and friends give them feedback that is not helpful or that is useless or maybe even makes them feel worse friends and family they mean well i know they're trying to help you but they're not a good crowd to be getting art advice from and it's like if I decided I was talking to my friend who's a neurosurgeon, I was like, you know, you really should try this technique. I read about it in a magazine. That's what it is. And so I actually never talk to my family in terms of getting feedback. I mean, I'll show them what I'm doing, but I won't ever say to them, will you critique this? The other thing is you will sometimes have artist friends who you don't talk to your work about. That's not uncommon. I mean, a lot of people will assume, oh, Clara has a friend who's an artist. They must talk about art together. Actually, no. <laughs> I have a couple friends who I love dearly and are artists, but we just don't align very well. We're not a very good match. And I just know if I tried to talk to them about my work and their work, I would end up just feeling super frustrated. So who here in the chat has gotten feedback, solicited or unsolicited, from friends or family who are not artists and been frustrated for one reason or another? Because you really do have to find people who, number one, are actually equipped to give you feedback that's helpful. And number two, people who want you to succeed. I mean, that's actually hard to find because you can find people, maybe they'll give you feedback, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean they want you to succeed. There's a lot of people who maybe don't care or really don't a lot of that going on, that competition stuff, but I can guarantee to all of you, everybody here at ArtProf, we want you to succeed. We really do. And we want to do everything we can to make that possible. I know that everybody is in a very different place where they are, what they want to do, but we work really hard to support everybody in that way because for a lot of people they've never had somebody want them to succeed as an artist and i want to be that home base hi retrospective how are you well i took a long nap so i actually feel really good for the first time in weeks i've been sort of burning the midnight candle we just announced this new program that we're starting, Open Studios Club, and the first session is next Monday. And this was a ton of work, getting all the logistics up. But people have been asking me about this for a really long time, that they want a space where people can be on voice, you can hang out and talk to each other while you're working. It's super casual. It's very different than a workshop, because the workshops I am very specific about the topic. For example, okay, we're all gonna work on drawing hands and I provide lots of feedback and support that's very structured. So the workshops are very good if you don't know how to start at all. Let's say, you know you wanna get better at acrylic painting, but you don't really know how to do it. So I provide a lot of structure. Open Studios Club, it's just your personal stuff, whatever it is you happen to work on. And therefore it doesn't have the content and curriculum that I provide for the workshop. So a lot of differences here. And I know that there's some confusion sometimes about stuff like that, but I'm happy to answer anybody's question. Kathy says, how do you know if you're ready to submit something to a show just to try? And congrats, Neil. I think if you're thinking about doing it, Kathy, go for it. Because to me, the point of entering a show Yes, it's really nice when you get in, of course, but it's such a good experience because you learn the ropes of what it's like to prepare your work, to learn the process of how that might go. And that in itself is a milestone. So that way, the next time you submit to a show, you feel much more prepared, you know much more about the process. A note about not getting in though, if you don't get in, you know why you didn't get in? You didn't get in because the juror had a ham sandwich, not a tuna sandwich. I'm not kidding. I mean, I really honestly feel like a lot of these juried shows, they may as well pull names out of the hat. It's totally at the personal discretion of the jurors. I've sat on juries before and it's astonishing how much people can't put aside their personal bias. And I have been on juries, I'm sorry to say this, where eventually I just had to concede because you're there judging for eight hours and you're not leaving <laughs> until you guys agree. And so at a certain point, you end up letting things through that maybe you yourself were not that excited about, but it's like, yeah, guys, we've been here a long time. I'm gonna go home at some point. And I'm sorry to admit that, but that is the case for a lot of juries. I would do it, Kathy. And you know something else, Kathy, you can ask us for support in the discord. 
because we have a lot of resources that will help you know what would be coming up. For example, a lot of people don't realize that if it's an in-person show, you will be expected to make it hangable. That doesn't necessarily mean a frame. Not all art pieces need a frame, but they do need to be able to be hung in a presentable manner. And so I tell people that they have to make sure they have a plan for that because sometimes people really just have no idea about things like that. You have to price a piece at some point. So let us help you, Kathy. If you're in the Discord, we definitely can. And yeah, this good advice from Neil. Thanks, Kathy. For me, I just tried to apply. In my head, it's up to the gallery to decide if I'm ready or not. Yes, don't eliminate yourself. I once had a student, she got really nervous about applying to this thing and told me, I'm not going to apply. I'm not going to get it. I talked her out of it. Guess what? She got in. <laughs> so you, you have to let other people do that. And it's a missed opportunity if you don't put it out there because you know what's the worst case scenario? Oh, you didn't get in. That's it. Nothing's changed. But you give yourself the potential to get in. That's the important thing. And there's so many artists who will just eliminate themselves. I knew somebody who got a tenure track position at a really good college. And she told me later, you know, I wasn't even going to apply because I didn't think I was qualified enough. But she said one of her mentors encouraged her to apply. She got the job. You never know. Retrospective made a trailer for a video about the MH370 disappearance. I don't know what that is, actually. A lot of people from around me liked it so much they aren't even artists. It felt so good. Oh, isn't that great? When you can have an impact on people who don't have a direct relationship with what you're doing. And we've had some people like that here. For example, some of my travel videos, some people have commented and said, well, I'm not an artist, but I really like this. And to me, that's just the biggest compliment because if you're an artist, of course you're gonna, I mean, I can't watch a video that's about art supplies and be like, oh, I'm not into I like, there's always a part of me <laughs> that needs to know something, but for a non-artist to have them interested in that, that's a real accomplishment. So great job. It's a great point from Anna. Some of the best feedback I've gotten are from artists, often at residencies, who work in different genres like creative writing, dance, and film. That's a fantastic thing about being in creative spaces that are not just artists, because you have that same creative fundamental way of working, but the translation of it, the delivery of it is very different, obviously, if you're doing something like performing arts, but it is amazing all of the correlations that are in there. Oh, by the way, you guys, you want to hear my news this week? I haven't posted it yet. I will. I was on Canadian TV this week. <laughs> I don't know if some of you remember when I went to Toronto in, was it June? And they asked me to come film a segment because it's this Canadian show. It's called The Nature of Things. It's sort of like Nova, which is a science show in the U.S., and they have this episode, it's called But Seriously. And you know how they found me? It's because I have that anatomy lecture that is about the anatomy of the butt. And I talk about it in relation to art history and drawing. And they found that video 
And then they asked me to come to Toronto and film a segment. So I got to do this drawing demo. I got to talk to the host about the butt <laughs> in our history. It was so fun. And I'm really bumming because I can't share it with you guys. It's only viewable in Canada. So I don't know, maybe some of you Canadian residents can watch it. But at the moment, it's not available. I think I have, yeah, I do have some photos from the shoot. So I'll post some of those very, very soon. Oh, Kathy's asking, do they give any feedback if you don't get into the exhibition? Probably not. That would be very rare for that to happen. But we can help you with that <laughs> if you want to know. And, and sometimes people come into the Discord and they say, I'm thinking about submitting this piece. Do you guys think that's a good choice? And of course, it depends on context because every jury show is different. Some are at bigger galleries. Some are very small local arts organizations which is fine. But one thing I would encourage everybody to think about, if you are showing your work publicly, you really have to think about context because there is such a thing as the wrong venue for your work. And a lot of artists find themselves trying to fit themselves into a gallery that really has no interest in what they're doing. It would be like if you went to a Hugh Jackman musical, right? Let's say. Let's say you went to Hugh Jackman musical, but you don't like Hugh Jackman. You 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 love Aaron Tveit. And so you go to the Hugh Jackman musical and it's just like the wrong thing. It's like, it's very sad. Like that's how the galleries feel. It's all about fit, you guys. People think it's about, oh, I didn't get in because my work isn't good. They didn't like it. Guess what? Every juror has such a different way of thinking about things. Think about it this way. I talk about things in terms of my appreciation for them, the context within art history and contemporary art, but there's a lot of pieces we talk about on our channel that actually I don't really like that much, but I talk about them because they're relevant for one reason or another. But when it comes down to my own personal taste, it's like food. I hate pickles. <laughs> so it's like, if you came to me and you're like, I have all these pickles, don't you want to eat them? I'd be like, no. That's what the gallery match is like. You have to think about it that way. Neil's asking, have you tried the color called cobalt teal PB50? I'm thinking of getting a tube and I'm so excited. It's a really vibrant cyan color. I have not. And actually, Neil, I confess, I'm not really that into cobalt. I know, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying something like that, but my deal right now is I, I'm sort of interested in phthalos, which is really weird. I have not been somebody in the past who enjoyed phthalos at all. And I, I'm still, I don't know, me and Prussian Blue, we're still dating. I know it's taking a long time. <laughs> like, I can't get rid of Prussian Blue. It's still there, even though we had a couple bad dates. <laughs> Neil is asking, what's the difference between joining Patreon versus Open Studios? Great question. The Patreon group has tons of interaction, basically 24-7. So you can post your work and get a long, nerdy critique from me. We have weekly voice sessions, but the voice sessions in the Patreon, people are not working. We just show up and talk. And so you're not getting feedback in real time as you make a painting. 
Now in open studios, there's nothing in between the voice sessions. We have text channels and sure people could go in there and chat, but I'm not in there giving people support and feedback in between the sessions. The Patreon, I do a lot of that in between the voice sessions. The voice sessions almost feel like a small piece of everything that happens in the text channels. So the Open Studios Club, the biggest emphasis is on the live session, getting feedback in real time. Patreon, we don't work together in the virtual studio. It's talking, it's critiques, and I write very, very long critiques and provide a lot of resources. Open Studios Club, I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna hang out with people, super casual. Oh, congrats, Anna. I had a studio visit with a gallerist yesterday that I spent a week preparing for, and I think it went pretty well. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, I had a studio visit once. Oh, this was awful. <laughs> this curator did not want to talk. Not because she didn't want to talk to me. I think she just wasn't a very verbose person. And I just felt really awkward. Like I had to fill the space. And she didn't do anything. She would just say a couple words and then she would scribble something in her notebook. It was awful. I mean, it's not that the studio visit went badly. It just, for me, it was just really awkward to have somebody who talked so little during a studio visit. <laughs> By the way, everybody, I would love to hear from everyone, what is the weather like where you are? So that way lurkers have a way to get into the conversation because I love you lurkers. I know you guys are there and I know you're listening and I don't get to hear from you much, which is fine. A lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that. But just tell me in one word, what is the weather like where you guys are? For me, I would say it is wet because we had a lot of snow this week, but then it all melted. <laughs> I love to hear that. And then maybe if you guys want to, in one word, the weather and then where you are, country, continent, whatever. I'd love to hear that because it's like getting a global weather report. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> oh, cool. I'm so glad, Sonnet, that you like the being artist as a parent. It's funny. When I was preparing for that stream, initially, I thought to myself, All right, maybe I should be giving advice to people how to manage a life as a parent and as an artist. But when I sat down to do it, I thought to myself, you know, it was like, if I'm an artist and a parent, I don't think I want people to tell me <laughs> how to do that because everybody's situation as a parent, as an artist, it's so different. And you, you really can't tell people how to live both lives, but you can, I think, tell them and sympathize with them and maybe remove a little bit of that guilt because a big part of being a parent is just all oh, that guilt is so painful making time for yourself and not feeling like you're being so selfish and ignoring your kids. Oh, it's so hard. Comcuke is asking, how do you look for shows to apply to? Do you just search online? There is a website called Calls for Entry. I think the URL is callsforentry.org. And they have a listing of shows you can enter all over the place. But the thing is, you have to think in advance, like, do I want to apply for local shows or do I want to apply for a show in another state or even in another country? Because the problem is if you submit to shows that are not local, you have to deal with shipping and it's a pain in the butt. I mean, internationally, I don't even want to go there. That's just so stressful. And the thing is, 
a lot of the places are not super reliable. It's not like the Whitney Museum is handling it for you. And sometimes I'm just a little bit skeptical about how reliable a place will be about getting a piece back to me and shipping. Cause I had that happen once I had a piece that I shipped to the New York Academy of art for this show. And the woman who was helping me quote, get my work back. She didn't lift a finger and she kept sending me these flaky emails like, yeah, I just don't know what to do. I was so mad and it was the biggest pain in my butt. And so a lot of the times I would just submit to shows that are local, but also ask yourself if the shows are really worth it to you because a lot of the shows have fees. I mean, there's very few jury shows out there that would not charge a fee. And some of the fees are expensive. Some of them are $40, $50 to enter. And the jury shows are great to get experience exhibiting. But as far as pushing your career forward and making contacts, they're actually not great for that. I did a bunch when I was younger. And after a while, I stopped doing it because number one, it was getting expensive. And number two, I didn't really see my career being impacted by that other than adding to my resume the exhibition history, which is valuable. But once you've done that for a couple of years, you don't really need to do that anymore. And really the shows that will move your career more are the ones that are invitational, where you know somebody and they invite you, which I know is annoying because that's that whole click clubhouse attitude that you will see, which is very common in the art world. And... Retrospective says, so I get Sakura microns or a cheaper fine line alternative. I'm not sure about it. I actually don't have a lot of experience with microns. I've used them, but you know what I've determined, everybody? I am just way too much of a cave troll to draw with the microns because they die so fast. I'll use one for six hours and it's done. Really, the only way to know is to try it because it's tricky. Sometimes it doesn't matter price-wise, but there are definitely situations, like I would say oil paint, you definitely get what you pay for. And same thing with brushes. There's a reason that brush is super cheap. <laughs> but sometimes it's not true. Sometimes it's like, oh, actually, it doesn't really matter. So I would just give them a shot. And... Sonnet says, hoping to sign up for the charcoal workshop, would love to join the two free sessions next month. Yeah, so this is an offer we are doing for everybody, people who are in the Patreon group and people who have done a workshop in the past. Sorry, the slide, I didn't include the workshop people. I made this earlier. You guys all get two free sessions to open studios, but you have to do it before February 9th if that's what you want to do. So if you guys are in the Patreon group, if you've taken a workshop, tag me in the Discord and I will get you guys set up in there. Yes, I was on the nature of things. Oh, Tal, right. So did you see it? Yeah, you guys, sh you should watch it and let me know because unfortunately I can't share it with anybody who is outside of the Canadian country. Canada. <laughs> oh, this is a great story. Slate says, I was convinced to apply for New American Paintings 
after watching a conversation between Clara and Lauren and I got in. That's fantastic. Don't eliminate yourselves, you guys. You know something, Slate? I applied for New American Paintings every time. Oh my gosh, for at least 15 years. I never once got in. <laughs> I just feel like everybody in New American Paintings looks so cool and hip. I just was never cool enough to be on it. <laughs> oh, okay. So Tal and 7A, both in Canada. Awesome. Let me know. Oh, Pat too. Yeah, Pat was at the Toronto meetup. That was super fun. It was really fun, you guys. Again, it's sort of like what Anna said earlier about interacting with creative people who are not in your field. And oh my gosh, the TV people, they are on it, you guys. They were so <laughs> organized. I, I didn't have to lift a finger to do anything. And that's not always the case. I've definitely been asked to teach workshops or do things and people were not so organized, but they were, oh, they were so nice. And the coast was so cool. And I, I watched the, cause there's a trailer for it and there was an actual show. They sent me one, but it was by private link that I'm not allowed to share. And I, I was on the voice. I was like, wow, I sound so much cooler than I actually am. It's like the magic of TV. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet, Sonnet. I love it when I meet you guys because I always remember people I meet in person. Tal says, do you have any tips for finding venues that fit your style and work? It depends on if you're looking for a jury show to enter, as we've been talking about, or if you are trying to, say, find a gallery that you want to have a relationship with. That's much harder. But what you have to do, so if it's a juried show and you want to try to get in, actually one thing you can do, because they announce the juror in advance, you can look up the juror, see who they are, see what they like. And if you look at that and you're like, oh, my, my work is like, I'm a comics artist. This guy likes abstract expressionist paintings. Yeah. Like that's probably not a great fit, but a lot of it is looking at the artists and the shows, most galleries now have an Instagram, so you can go through that and see what they want. So actually, here's a good example. I was looking at Lauren's gallery, half gallery. I was looking at their Instagram and I was looking at all the artists on there. And you know what I noticed? I'm like, everybody looks so cool and hip and young. I'm like, okay, I am not like, like I'm not even talking about the art. I'm just saying their demographic is not, midlife women. And I looked at that and said, yeah, that's not my jam. And so you have to do a lot of research and you can do a lot on your own, but honestly, you guys, if you have questions about that, you can ask us in the discord because I'm not saying I know about everything, but usually if you guys like send me the Instagram of the gallery, I can look at it because Here's the thing. This is where you have to be really upfront with yourself because I've been working with a lot of MFA applicants because their deadlines are coming up very soon. And it, it always astounds me that I will say over and over again, you have to do your research on the MFA program. You have to look at the work that is being made there. You have to research the faculty that teach there. And you've got to make sure it's a good match. And so many times I tell people that, 
and they just pick the top eight ranked schools. And they're like, oh, yes, my work fits. I'm like, it doesn't. Okay, don't do that to yourself. Because you know what? I swear, <laughs> I wish I had numbers to back this up. But it feels like from all the people I talk to, 95% of people who apply for an MFA every year want to do an MFA at painting at Yale. That That's everybody wants that. It's like the numbers are absurd. And sometimes I see people, they're like, oh, yeah, Yale's the best school for me. And I look at their stuff and I'm like, no. This is not a good fit. So you have to be really upfront with yourself and be honest about, hey, is that really it? Because I understand the desire to want to do that, that people look at ranking and prestige and everything, but it really, really is about fit. Thank you so much, Anna, for the super chat. We so much appreciate your wonderful support. And also thank you to Sonnet as well. You guys are fantastic. All right, let's see what else people are chatting about. Sonnet says, do we join the Open Studios Club on the website? Yes. So if you go to rprof.org and you type in Open Studios Club in the search bar, you'll find it. And so mostly it's through Patreon. And we do have a one-time fee so if people just want to come once, you just pay via PayPal. But if you're in the Patreon already, we actually have tiers that combine. So if you're in De Medici, you can combine it with another one. Actually, I could show you guys really briefly how that works. Because we have so many programs now <laughs> that we have people who maybe only want to join open studios club and they don't want to be in patreon and then we have people who do want to be in both open studios so if you guys go to this page you'll see i have this table of contents at the top that explains how the program works so what you can do is you go to how to join and you can see here's information so if you click on this it says okay so this is what you're looking for so if you go to patreon and you want to look for the tiers that combine the group names. So yes, the, the nerd in me couldn't resist <laughs> naming the open studio groups by color names. So you just pick the group you want. Let's say you want cadmium red. It's four sessions per month. And you want to stay in De Medici. So you find the Patreon tier that has those two pictures. And of course, if anyone's confused, you can always contact me in Discord or by email. But take a look because I think we'll have a lot of fun together because workshops are super fun. I love teaching one. We're doing tomorrow soft pastel, but it is really nice to just go to studio. In my mind, what this is really about is basically recreating what I loved so much about art school, which is that at night, we would just go to the studio, okay? No plans, nothing. And inevitably, there would always be somebody working there. And a lot of the times, it wasn't somebody who I was like friends, friends with, but it was somebody in my class. And it was just so nice because it, it's not like you're at a party <laughs> where you're like, you have to socialize. Like, I hate parties. Who here hates parties? <laughs> Let me know. I, I hate them. They're so awkward. And... 
the nice thing about just going to the studio together, you're working on things. So you don't feel like you have to like talk, but if you want to talk, you can. And it's really, really chill. And same thing with open studios. I mean, you could come make your stuff and you don't have to talk to anybody. You could just listen. I mean, it is fun to talk to people, but this is the way to make art friends. You guys, like people ask me all the time, how do I make art friends? And the way to do it is to find a space like this that is safe and moderated where people are showing up regularly because I love the workshops, but one of the reasons people like them is because it's like a one-time thing. So you don't have to go regular. Some people, their schedule doesn't accommodate that. But I think some of you in the Patreon know, I mean, I've met a whole bunch of Patreon people in real life and I, I feel like I'm not even the teacher anymore because we're just chatting as people. And that's what I'm hoping this is, is that this is a recreation of that feeling of wandering into a studio at this time and you meet all these people who you normally would never make the effort to get in touch with or make friends with, but you're all there together and you're all making work. So I'm hoping this is a space like that where you have these recurring interactions and it's like, wow, we really do become friends after a little while. Ah, so much snow, really? Cloudy, tempered, Esther says colder than usual, Casper, cold, Ivana, cold. Ah, I really don't like cold. <laughs> oh, frigid. Okay, I don't like hearing that. <laughs> Jay Patrick, snowing cold in Oregon. Deb Lee, expecting cool and rainy tomorrow. Oh, Charlene says Manila, Philippines. I want to go to the Philippines because you know something? There's a server at the cafe that I go to every Friday morning for my treat breakfast. And she's from the Philippines. And I asked her, so if I ever went, where should I go? And she said that the Philippines has amazing beaches. I would love to go. If you're from the Philippines, I know there's at least one other person, Neil, who's from the Philippines in the chat. What, what is it about the beaches? I really want to know because... That sounds amazing. Like I haven't really traveled to many tropical places and I've mostly gone to cities and things like that. So I'd be so curious about that. Oh, Pat says this week I applied to my first market. It's a book arts festival. So I'm going to be selling prints. Oh, that's such a great experience. Honestly, I really think, and I know it's not possible for everybody, but if you want to sell your art, online. I'm not talking about a gallery. I'm talking about selling prints, like Pat is saying. If you want to do that, a fantastic experience is to do some kind of art fair. Like Pat is doing the book arts festival, or sometimes it's craft fair. Mia does a lot of them. She's been very successful. Because you know something, when people shop online, you don't get to see how they behave or react. But when you're seeing them in person and they're coming to your thing, you start to notice patterns. You start to notice, oh, this is really, really popular. People really like this. Or, oh, people totally ignored this thing. Why was it? Sometimes it's the work, sometimes it's just the presentation. I mean, if you walk around at a crafts fair, and actually tell me in the chat who here has been to a crafts fair, either as an artist or as a visitor, what pulls you into the booth? Because I went to open studios here in Utah and there was this one woman who had an amazing booth and she was so nice and friendly. And like, I remember her, like I saw so many artists that day 
And I, I also met a guy. I was like, what's your Instagram? He's like, oh, I don't remember the handle. I want to work on that. But that is a great experience, Pat. So I, I, I would love to hear the report back on how that went. Because to me, it's less about selling and more about, again, like the gallery submissions. It's the experience. And then the next time you do an art fair, you know much better how to do it. The first art fair, you're not going to hit it out of the park. Nobody does. But it's a great experience for selling. Sonnet saying, even though Open Studios is free for Patreon members, don't you still have to sign up? Okay, so for people who are in the Patreon group already and you want to get your two free sessions, I'm going to pull up the Discord so everybody can see exactly what to do. So this is for Patreon people to claim your sessions. Let me just find the page on here. Okay, here we go. All right, so does everybody see? There's an open studios category now, okay? You have to have access though. So this is not visible to everybody. It's visible to people who took workshops, people who are in the Patreon group, and if you sign up, okay? So the open studios people, all you have to do, you just come in here and you tag me and you just tell me which days you wanna sign up for. Now, normally, if it, you sign up and it's not one of the free sessions, you can just show up. I'm only asking people to tell me for the Patreon group because I have to track who's used up their two free sessions or not. But normally, you can just come. You don't have to tell me. And for people who want to know, there is a schedule that's up here at the top. So if you come here and you click on current schedule, there is a Google Calendar, there's a news channel, and you can see here are the times that you can sign up for. Now for Patreon members, because it's two free sessions, you need to do it before Friday, February 9th to get those two sessions. So hopefully that helps. If there's any confusion, everybody, just tag me in the Patreon group or people who aren't in the Patreon group, you can ask me questions in general because I do check the general all the time in the Discord, but we do ask people not to ping staff because if they did, I would be pinged all day and not have any time to eat chocolate, which would make me very sad. And, oh dear, Slate's got a nightmare scenario, <laughs> international shipping. I shipped artwork to Germany for a show once and it was hell, stuck in customs on the way there lost on the way back. They found it though, eventually. Oh my God, that would stress me out. You guys, you know what I'm realizing? I mean, I already knew this, but I don't handle stress well. I, I'm not good at it. I have family members who are very good at it. I have this one family member who's like, okay, this happened. Let's deal with it. We're going to do this. Like she's very clear headed and I, I freak. So who, who here is the clear headed person who can keep it under control and who here is me, the one who's like having a meltdown? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't help. Like people say, my family members will say, well, it's not helping that you're freaking out. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm definitely the freak out person. <laughs> oh, yay, Shelly, you made it here. So Shelly had emailed me earlier about the live stream and how to watch. And I'm so happy you're here. 
due to the time difference being in the UK, I'm so pleased to finally join you all live. I'm so happy you found us. Retrospective, would you be able to watch a TV program via VPN? I actually don't know, but I, I am able to watch it because they sent me a private link. It's just I'm not allowed to share it. Yay, Gigi's here too. Oh, how many people here just caught us on this live stream? I mean, we I know some of you are showing up regularly, which I love, but there's also people, you know, your schedule's crazy and time zone and stuff. And, and who here is like Gigi who just caught us in this one moment? So fun. I love it when you guys say hello. And Luis has a question. What should I do to draw the human figure as a beginner? Usually what's helpful for a lot of people is to use time drawing videos. We have time drawing videos. Let me find the link to show you guys. It's on artprof.org. And for people who have not used artprof.org very much, the best way to use it is a search bar because yeah, you can definitely maneuver around the site, but You'll find things faster if you use this. So if you go in here and you type timed drawing sessions, that will then pull up. That's a workshop. How come the timed drawing sessions didn't show up? Oh, this is embarrassing. Maybe I'm supposed to just type in timed. Maybe if I take out drawing, it will be better. Let's just put in timed. Maybe that will do it for the search. There it is. Time drawing videos. Yeah, so don't search for drawing. It'll pull up too many results. Time drawing videos. And so these are really nice because these are basically videos where you don't have to change the pose. So this is a video, it's a figure, and the pose holds for 10 minutes in the video. And so you can practice 10 minute drawings. And a lot of people find this very helpful because you can just press play and go. You don't have to time it yourself. And the other thing that I think people who want to learn figure drawing, a lot of people, like I said, they know that they want to learn to do something. How many people here have something that you want to learn? Maybe you want to get better at color. Maybe you want to get better at your brush technique. Tell me what is the thing that you would like to improve right now? So if you go to the anatomy and figure drawing track, we have these lessons. And I really think, Luis, this is the best lesson to start with, is lesson one, which is making these really fast gesture drawings. It keeps it really simple. And the thing about these tracks is that we have all kinds of things. We have examples of people who have done this assignment before. We have step-by-step we have tutorials, we have an anatomy resources page. So everything you need is right here and it's free. You can access this anytime you want. And I would love to see you guys do that. We've had several people finish tracks and it's an amazing accomplishment when somebody does that. Jack is asking, do you think it would be worthwhile to study business in university to help with my art career? A lot of people ask me that question, so I'm so glad that you asked that today, Jack. And I don't think it is. I think if you wanted to start your own company <laughs> like me, where you're hiring staff and you're like really business stuff. I'm not talking about 
individual artist who sells paintings and shows that gallery. That's a different thing. Because you know something, the things that we do as artists, it's just, it's so specific. And there's a lot of things that might work fine if you're selling a vacuum, <laughs> but the art thing is so particular and the art world is so much about this insider information that if you don't know, no amount of business school is gonna help you. So for those of you who want to get help with your art career, honestly, talk to us. <laughs> I, I know I'm a little biased here, okay? But the thing is, who, who here has seen this? Actually, have you guys noticed in Instagram, at least it's happening to me, there are all these ads that keep popping up and they're all saying things like, we'll do everything for you. So that way you can just paint. We'll do your social media. We'll do your website. We'll do all these things for you. And it's frustrating for me to see people thinking that's a good idea because the whole reason social media works is people connect with a person, that personal connection. And once I know that the person in the Instagram is not running their Instagram, I'm not that interested. I went and looked at Josh Groban's Instagram. He's the lead for Sweeney Todd right now. And I love him. He's an amazing singer, but he doesn't run his account all the time. So he does come in and he posts here or there, but there's a lot of posts on his Instagram where you know it's like his manager doing it. And I'm immediately not interested because I, I want it from him. <laughs> like that's the whole point of social media. For example, you see, now that Hugh Jackman is on my desk, I have more reasons. See, I love his Instagram. Okay, this is relevant. I, I really mean it, okay? So if you go to his Instagram, you know every single thing is made by him. It's him holding his phone up. He's just sitting and he just writes. Like, I totally know that it's him writing every single thing. And that's what makes me follow it. And so people oftentimes think that social media is about having all this business stuff, but it's not. It's about communicating and connecting with people. And that's why every single time I see his Instagram story, I'm like, boom, like, <laughs> you just see it like right away. <laughs> but with the other people, because I know it's not run by them, I, I'm just not as interested. So I, I see a lot of those ads. And then these other ads that are saying things like, people who did this program sold 100,000 in the first year. I'm like, this has to be made up. I don't know any artist in my sphere, although, you know, I'm not hanging out with Hollywood A-list artists. It's so rare for somebody to make that kind of income. And I, I just, I'm like, are they just like lying? Like blatantly lying? Because I mean, I think one of the reasons why maybe we are not as appealing is that we're not going to tell you you can do it overnight. We're going to tell you, yes, it takes a lot of time. Yes, you have to learn new things and it's not going to happen quickly. So I guess it's just not very good in terms of how the title, like telling people what it actually is. People don't like to hear that. They like to be told it's easy, but it just really isn't. Daisy's asking, is there anything you learn in an MFA program that you can't learn have anywhere else except for the actual degree in studio space? A big part of it is the engagement with the faculty and your peers. And the faculty thing is huge because in what other circumstance would you get to speak to and be mentored by faculty like that? 
but so much of it is critical thinking. Some of you have probably heard me talk about critical thinking before. And let me be clear, I'm talking specifically about MFAs. I'm not saying art in general, okay? In a specific MFA program, critical thinking is everything that you're gonna be pushed to justify what you're doing. They're gonna ask you to really go deep with your exploration and they aren't gonna say, oh, wow, great job. They're not, they're, they're gonna keep pushing you. And a lot of the times you're gonna be outside your comfort zone, but that's the whole point is that critical engagement. That's the thing that you really can't get outside of an MFA program. I mean, again, tooting my own horn. We give critical thinking if you want it. I don't give it to people unless they really, really want me to talk to them that way. For example, we do have the MFA group. And what I really try to do in all of the spaces that we have for learning, Patreon group, MFA, Open Studio, whatever, I really try to meet the artists where they're at. So th there's no standard. It's not like, oh, I want everybody to be here. No, I, I want to see, okay, where are you? What do you want to do? Because, you know, for every single person and their goals, I shift my advice. There's advice I would give to one person that I would never give to somebody else because I know it's not relevant to what they're doing. So we are people who really try to do that as best as we can. And so a lot of people will ask me, well, can I join a workshop? I'm a total beginner. I'm like, yes, come. Uh, I totally have th that experience. I mean, I really think one thing that RISD prepared me for in terms of teaching is I did have the opportunity to teach foundation, freshman, first day of college. And I also taught lots of advanced classes for juniors and seniors and independent driven topics. And that I think equipped me really well because I know how to work with people who are starting from absolute scratch. And I know how to work with people who have a lot of experience and still hopefully get them to learn something different. Thank you so much, Louis, for the super chat. You guys are so amazing. Those super chats coming because you know what? I was looking at our YouTube analytics the other day and I was like, wow, that that's, that's not a small amount of super chats. I'd love more, <laughs> of course. Okay, good. I'm so glad, Alexander, that you hate parties too. <laughs> I always feel like, I'm like, oh, if I was cooler, if I wasn't so anxious. You know, these people who are like the life of the party, they're like, ooh, speaking to everybody. And I, actually, you know what I love? Who here has seen that movie Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser? There's this hilarious scene where he's this like intellectual toast of New York City and he's very suave and he's the life of the party and he's so intellectual and it's like I look at those people and I'm like who are you <laughs> I do not understand <laughs> Deshaun says it's so comforting to have someone else to work around yeah that's why I loved those art school sessions all right so Daisy's asking can I ask the difference between the open studio group versus the voice sessions okay absolutely I'm so glad you guys are asking me all these questions because it helps me to know what people want to know about. So the main difference, and we have this written down here. So if you go to the Open Studios page, you go to Frequently Asked Questions. And so down here at the bottom, we have the FAQ, how is it different from a workshop? How is it different from the Patreon group? How is it different from a stage session? So 
the main difference between open studio sessions versus a voice session in the Patreon group, Patreon group voice sessions, we just talk. Nobody's actually making work in real time. And we talk about all kinds of things and it's very casual. And I do critique artwork and things like that. And they're also one hour about, sometimes I go over just a little bit. Now the open studio session is two hours. I mean, you have to stay the whole time. You could totally drop in and out, that's no problem. But those two hours, you are making work. And so you can make a portrait, post it in the chat, and I will come in on voice and talk to you in the moment, okay? So Patreon is just discussion. There, there's no in-the-moment feedback, okay? On the other hand, some people don't like working and listening. Some people would rather just listen. Other people don't have space for two hours to sit and work. But I know some people, like somebody said earlier, that they're craving to have voices around them. And a lot of people have told me that actually they really like our long streams. That goes against all the advice that you hear is like, oh, people have no attention span. They don't want to do this. But I know a lot of people listen to our live streams, which are sometimes two hours in the studio when they're working, because it's nice to sort of feel like you have somebody there. And I do that with Jordan, actually. <laughs> so I know that Jordan streams on Sundays at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And so sometimes I'll just jump in and I'll just listen to him while I'm doing really boring stuff at the computer. And I like it. It, it feels like somebody's there. And the nice thing about a group session like this is that you hear many voices. It's not just me talking at you <laughs> because that's a lot of work. So anyway, what I would recommend everybody do is take a look at this page and ask me questions here or in the Discord. I'm happy to clarify those things. But basically every space, workshop, Patreon group, Open Studios Club, emphasizes a different part of it. Like the Patreon group, you get a lot of support in terms of written feedback. And that's something you're not going to get in the open studios group. And yeah, this is a great point. I love this W315. I hate parties, but I like doing projects together. And actually, it's sort of the same thing as when I cook with people. Because actually, the bread fairy, who you know is my mother-in-law, we have times help her with some of the meals and stuff like that. And it's really nice because you're in the kitchen together, you're doing stuff. But again, it's like, you don't have to have a conversation. Like I hate being put on the spot to like talk to people, but you're together and you're doing things and you're saying things like, oh, pass me the strawberry. And then sometimes you have these, like, I just, I like that rhythm much better. <laughs> and so it, it's, a nice thing to have that space. And I'm hoping that is what the Open Studios Club is gonna be for some of you, that it's a place you can drop in and out and feel like that door to the art school studio room is open for you on those times. Thank you so much, Kathy. Love to catch these live sessions, fun and informative. Well, I like it because I don't have to prep. <laughs> Like literally, I just make a YouTube thumbnail. I press live. It's awesome. It's great. And Deb Lee says, met one artist that didn't have business cards, nothing to give out with his website. I saw him lose some potential sales. Yes. I would recommend 
have a QR code because people, I think, and you guys can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like people are sort of, sort of almost done with business cards because I have been to conferences where you meet a lot of people and you get all these business cards, but I know this is terrible. This is so lazy. Sometimes I can't be bothered to go in and <laughs> look at the business card and type there. It's, it's really, really dumb. I, I know. But if I meet somebody and I really like their work and I'm like, what's your Instagram? And they tell me, I just follow them and I have to think about it. But when it's in the business card, I'm actually very likely to toss it later or for it to get lost. So, yeah. Well, I'm really behind in the chat. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Blue says, I freak out at small, medium problems, but the big ones, my military training kicks in and I get calm and level-headed. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Well, for me, a lot of it is when it's personal stuff. I mean, yes, I freak out too when it's business things, but I have a little bit more of a level head <laughs> when it comes to business and and teaching things too. Like if somebody was having a crisis in my class, I would totally know how to do it. I, I think it's more when it's like somebody in my family, like one of my kids or something like that. That's when I sort of have a fit. <laughs> and Pat says, any chance we'll be seeing a graphic design channel in the Discord? Good question. So some of you may have seen that I did that stream with Ashley Browning, who's a fantastic art director. I mean, I'm working with her and I'm thinking to myself, shoot, what if I don't get an art director as good as her? I'm going to be so lost. But the thing about the Discord is that we oftentimes don't add new channels because we already have so many channels. It's absurd. And a lot of people, when they come to the Discord for good reason, are very overwhelmed because there's so many channels. And so usually if we see like a lot of people are asking for it, we might, but we try really hard not to add new channels for that reason. But if you guys go to artprof.org and you type art director into the search bar, look at this. I'm very proud of this. <laughs> I made this page and it is a page which basically shows the entire process that I'm doing with Ashley, her art directing me on the Dune thumbnails. And there's a ton of information here, but hopefully it helps you guys. And I hope it's easy to navigate. So if you want to see, okay, round two concept, it takes you to the spot. So this is Ashley's feedback. These are the sketches that I did. These are her markups. And so if you just scroll down, it has everything that she tells me. I mean, th this to me, this is gold. I would never have been able to understand any of this if she hadn't walked me through it. For example, here's a section where I talk about thumbnails and shape and how important that was. So for those of you who are wanting some graphic design information, there's a lot here that is not on Instagram because the text captions are too short. And I'm hoping that we can get Ashley back on the stream because she's fantastic. And I am just learning so much from her. So I am very, very happy that we were able to get her on the stream. 
<laughs> Melanie, Melanie says, viewing your YouTube videos while carving some linoleum, looked up and noticed you were on live. Awesome. I love that. Damien's asking, someone I knew said they wanted to, quote, promote me, also saying they will pay me for a painting, but when I asked about payment, I was met with, I'm trying to promote you, sent an invoice, crickets. That's not somebody you want to interact with because basically anybody who wants to promote you, they're not going to, well, here's the thing. Any legitimate publicist is not going to go to you. You're going to find them. And so basically anytime people reach out to you with things like that, it's usually a little sketchy. And sometimes it's legit, but you, you have to really watch things because when you have these interactions and people get funny about payment, my favorite one is, oh, my uncle, blah, blah, blah. It's always the uncle. I don't know why, but that's a big red flag. So yeah, walk away from that one. And Slate says, all these people are supposedly making six figures off their art and selling their services to us. If they can really make that off their art, why are they spamming me about their services? Well, actually, <laughs> you know what I want to do? But I don't, I think I might get in trouble. <laughs> I, I wanted to like try one of those. <laughs> like I wanted to sign up and see what it actually gave you. Like, I'm just like morbidly curious. But the thing is, I don't think I can do that without people spotting which one it is. And I feel like I would get in trouble for doing something like that. Oh, I love so much that you guys are having your own conversation in the chat. That's just so cool. All right. So Anna's asking for open studio club. It's like the workshops, but just your own work. Yep. And th there's none of that prepared curriculum. Like for workshops, I have these comprehensive workshop guides and I give people very specific resources. Open Studios Club is super casual. You you're just doing your own thing. And Adrian says, I've seen people collect business cards. I guess it's nice to keep business cards for that audience. You can, I'm just lazy and don't wanna <laughs> spend the money to have them printed. Shelly's asking, do you have an opinion on AI and art for ideas? I was against it, but I'm undecided now after being shown how it may help refresh your own ideas after being shown what can be done. I'm not sure. Actually, did anybody see in the New York Times today, there was a quiz where they had, I don't know, 10 photos of people. And in the quiz, you had to guess whether it was an AI picture of a person or a real photo. I got all but too wrong. I, I, I was floored because, you know, even just a couple months back, they were all weird. Like they were doing strange things with the ears and you could tell. You, you can't tell anymore. I, I just find it just really incredible, but also a little terrifying. I think, Shelly, if you want to use it, use it. It's here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with using it. I am just such an old school person that... I want to be the one planting the mushrooms and picking them and cooking them myself. I I just, I, I feel like on one hand, maybe I'm just being an old fart, but in some ways, I think because I have pretty good skills with thumbnails and stuff like that and with ideation and brainstorming, I think for me, AI would slow me down actually. 
because I have a pretty good workflow. I could try it, but I don't know. I, I, I just like it. <laughs> I like doing it the hard way. I don't know. It's, it's like not as fun for me if it's sort of like an automatic nature to it. Yeah. Hi, Renee. First time caught you live. I'm an art professor too. Have learned so much from you in your teaching style. Fantastic. I love it. And Ernest is in Hamilton, Ontario. It is cold. Grain says, your videos are so useful. I want to be an art professor too. Can you tell me the steps one needs to take to become an art professor? Well, in the US, you have to have an MFA. And that would be the first step. And then beyond that, a lot of people who are just getting started in academia will be an adjunct first. Adjunct means part-time. And adjunct professors, you get hired by the semester, you get hired to teach one class. Full-time faculty have a salary. So they are teaching, let's say, three classes a semester. They get the summers off. They get benefits. I mean, you guys better not get me started on this topic because of my sob story from my own experience. But it's really difficult. I, I think higher education is in a total crisis right now. And it's a different world because of the pandemic. Everything's just being shifted in so many different directions. And I don't know where things are going, but it's really hard to get a job in academia right now for that reason. <laughs> Brian's asking, are we afraid that with AI rising, Skynet will not be far behind to destroy civilization? You know what I don't like about the future movies? Have you guys ever noticed the food is always so bad? I, I'm like, what is this? Like, can we have good food in the future? Actually, the only show I can think of that's sci-fi in the future that has good food is Firefly. Has anybody here seen Firefly? It's by Joss Whedon. And I'm actually watching it with my kid right now. And I love that show. And it makes me cry that it ended after one season. God. Yeah, Deb, I'm the same way. I, I'm just such a tactile person. I I want the paper, I want the canvas. And even I know a lot of people do thumbnails with digital. And actually, now that I'm starting to do this art direction stuff with Ashley, I am seeing that actually digital will become very, very helpful, especially for text placement. It is much faster and more efficient. But I don't think I could ever transition 100% to digital because I just like paper. I like the way my pencil feels against the paper. And I, I don't know, part of me is like, oh, Clara, maybe you're just being super stubborn and resistant. But I, I just, I don't know. I just love paper. Paper is just the greatest thing. <laughs> it's just so, so cool. I know they made the movie as a follow-up, but I don't know. It just, oh, like the end of Firefly was getting so good. Like they were getting into all these, and I was like, no, oh my gosh, this hurts me. <laughs> yes, oh my God. You guys, I watched, I think I watched all of Buffy, all the seasons, the summer my first kid was born, because I was just nursing all day long. <laughs> oh, there's comics? I didn't know that. I could kill you with my brain. Oh my gosh, those lines. Actually, my favorite line, sorry, non-Firefly people. 
is when the doctor is talking to Mal and Mal is like describing him and he's like, stop describing me. <laughs> Join our Patreon group, everybody. This is where you can get support and weekly voice sessions from staff. Sorry, wrong slide. There is no Discord chat. After Friday night hangouts, you can share your art in weekly voice sessions in the Patreon group. And I know it's confusing because now we have all these learning spaces. But again, ask me for help in the Discord. You guys can let me know what you need help with. Mostly what all of these spaces are really about is finding support in a small group of artists. That's what it is. Because our channel, Discord, is so big. We have over... I think 11,000 people. And it's hard to make art friends, but in these smaller spaces, workshops, open studios, club, and Patreon group, it is possible to make those art friends. And huge thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. I I'm like, what did I do to deserve you guys? <laughs> our Profits podcast is available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. These are my new guinea pig babies. That is Pom Pom on the left, and on the right is Gumby. And you guys, I swear, he's getting like filler in his lips. He's <laughs> like so fluffy. He's really, really funny. Anyway, have a good rest of your day, everybody. I'll see you next time. <laughs>